God bless you. You may be seated. And after the service, you can uh, uh, give your offering, or if you just want to get up now, go for it. doesn't bother me. This is Sunday night. This is relaxed. This is relaxed. Now, on Sunday morning, if you get up and, and you walk somewhere, I'll stare at you. No, I won't do that. But uh, no, we're, we're family. We'll have a good time. Well, again, we have been talking about fulfilling God's dream in you. Every one of you have a dream, and every one of you have a destiny. Today, we're going to talk about something that's very important to the Father. Matter of fact, when Adam and Eve sinned, this was the major aspect of everything that God did throughout the 6,000 years. And so I want you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 50. And we're going to talk about living a life of forgiveness and a life of pardon. Pardon. We're going to find out what that means. But if you're new here tonight, uh, this will be the ninth message of this series. And here's something I need to let you know, because the tenth message is, to me, probably the culmination of all nine that we're going to hear after tonight. The tenth message is so vital, so important, I planned our messages to save it for the first Sunday we return in September. And you say, Pastor, what are you doing there? i got to wait that long for that? Well, I want to tell you, it's going to catapult us into the new series, and I'm going to hold that title until that Sunday. And we're going to tell you the next thing we're going to jump into, and I can't wait. It is brand new, off, off the grill. I'm a griller. Off the grill, and uh, it, it, it's hot, it's good. And we're going to have a lot of good times uh, on Sunday evening in that series that may last all the way up to uh, the 1st of December when we take another month off on a Sunday night. So that's going to be our fall series that will begin on the 12th of, or I'm sorry, uh, on the 12 plus 7, 19th of September. Okay. Genesis uh, chapter 50, uh, hopefully you're there. Um, what this series is about is, again, every person has a God-given dream, and every person has a God-given destiny. Basically, this series is how do you get from point A to point B? Here's another way of explaining what I'm trying to tell you. A lot of times we have uh, our, our prayer time, our time with the Lord, we go to counseling, we, we pray, we sing, we worship, we do all the things that are right. And God has imparted a dream in our life. And there are times that there are trials and tribulations, there are times we make mistakes, there are times we even, I won't say it too loud, we sin, we receive forgiveness. Um, there's, there's stressful times, there's joyful times in the midst from getting from point A to point B. But a tendency in Christianity is to think about how come it's not happening now? 
and the blame is on God. God, why aren't you doing this? God, I've done everything I know what you said for me to do. How come it's not happening? We have found out in the beginning of this series that there were many of the people that the Bible talks about in the Bible is they had a dream, they had a vision, but it took 13 years. Many of them, it took 13 years. I don't know why 13 is, the world's made 13 years bad, you know, it's bad luck and all that. But it's taken them 13 years, some 15 years, some 20 years. Uh, some, Elijah and Elisha served Elijah for 20 years. Then you, get, then you have 40 years. Um, Moses had to go on the backside of the desert, all the different things. And you see all these years and, and wonder why. But when we read about all these people, we find good times and we find bad times. We find they've made great decisions and we find they didn't make so good of <laughs> decisions in their life. So what we're finding out in this series is that you and I, the dream to destiny is about building character, knowing God, building character, and understanding that there are areas in our own life that we're not going to be able to handle the destiny with our character where it is maybe today. Maybe tomorrow we'll get it. Maybe tomorrow we'll, we'll get to a place where we can handle that. It's kind of like if, if uh, when you, we were younger, uh, most of us I can say that, when we were younger and um, you wanted to be uh, a marathon runner, you wanted to run long distances, you didn't start being a marathon runner the first time running a marathon. You worked up to it. And what I'm seeing, I'm trying to make it very practical because that's how I am, is what I'm seeing is that God is very practical. And he has this amazing destiny set up for you. Amazing prosperity. All these areas of life. And it, it's powerful what he has for you. But he also knows that each one of us, not some, not most, each or all of us, have areas in our life that need to change in order to handle that destiny. And in the process of it, we're going to go through trials and tribulation. And it's how we respond to that, whether it's whether good things or bad things, how we respond to that is, are we going to be able to get to the next step? Or is God going to have to say, ah, you know, you didn't pass that test. Remember the 10 tests? You didn't pass that test. You're going to have to do a do-over. Again, remember, God does not bring evil on any one of us. Amen. The enemy tries to pervert God's character challenges by trying to bring evil and hard things in our life. So this is what we're learning in the life of Joseph. We have found the answer by studying Joseph and his life. We found out he failed the first two tests and he had to do a do-over. But the last eight that he had to face, he passed with flying colors. And that's what we're doing now. We're seeing Joseph walking in an Old Testament God-led lifestyle. And there's nothing hindering from God to, to do things in his life. There's no more pride. There's no more bitterness. There's no more hurt. There are all these things that have happened in his life now doesn't rule him 
what rules him is the character of God that has been infused in his life through life and knowing God. So some have asked, how do I find my destiny for my life? And so this is what we're seeing. This is how. Again, in September, I'm going to show you God's purpose for your life. Every one of us have individual gifts and abilities, and there will be uh, how we function in life will be through different ways, but it's always the same purpose. And in September, we're going to find out what that purpose is for you and me through Joseph's life. Again, he had to pass 10 tests, and so do we. Now, this test tonight is a forgiveness test or the pardon test. So Joseph, to fulfill his destiny, had to forgive and, how, and learn how he was forgiving others. Watch this. It's not only forgiving other people, but it's learning why you forgive other people. There are a lot of people struggle in forgiveness for themselves or forgiving others. The reason is, is because they don't know why they forgive because of the pain that is in their life. So the conclusion, we will see how we are forgiving others and how we are ourselves forgiven. So here's the real conclusion. Are you forgiving others the same way God forgave you? This is the test. Are we responding to people's wrongs the way God would respond to it? So look at, I told you to turn to Genesis 50, look at verse 15, and we'll begin with that. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, now listen, their brothers still haven't changed. <laughs> They're still failing tests in their life. Perhaps Joseph, they know now, jo Joseph is second in command. Perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, now let me just tell you, they're lying, right? Have you ever known anybody that have done wrong, they knew they, do wrong, they did wrong, but they didn't ask you for your forgiveness? They just wanted to live on and just let bygones be bygones. You ever know anybody like that? Okay. I won't say, have you done that? So let's go on. Thus, verse 17, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. See, they thought they were going to die because their, Joseph loved his father. He wouldn't do anything while his father was alive. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Why is that? Because Joseph grew in the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God, and he knew they were lying, and they were walking in fear. But, but just let me just give you a hint here. Joseph knew they were lying 
but he wept for them because he knew they were living out of fear and out of lack of knowledge of the truth. So when we talk about forgiveness and we're facing stuff that is just awful, and some of us, all of us have faced that, we have to recognize there's a wisdom and a spiritual insight that you can receive when you walk in God's character about why people do what they do, which will give you understanding, not an excuse for them. Let me just tell you, if they're wrong, they're wrong. If they sin, they're sin. If we sin, we sinned. But here's the point. It's not an excuse for them, but it's having the heart of God regarding forgiving them Because what's the Bible say? For they know not what they do. What did Jesus say on the cross? Forgive them for they know not what they do. It is impossible to forgive when you are just living in the hurt of what people did. But it is absolutely 100% possible to forgive and pardon when you understand they really don't know what they do. You say, yeah, they do. They've been doing this all their life. They've been doing it all their life because they don't understand God's forgiveness towards them. So most people that live that type of lifestyle are living in self-guilt and condemnation because they don't recognize the love and the forgiveness and the pardon of God. Okay, let's go on. Are you getting anything already? And I'm just giving you hints of where we're going. So when Joseph wept when they spoke to him, then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. He wasn't saying, I'm not going to beat you up. He was saying, don't be afraid. What's going on in your life right now, what's going on in your life is because you live in fear. Why? Because you don't have the knowledge of who God really is. For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. See, Joseph knew his purpose. There are times, I I talked last week about, you know, being a pastor. There are times people come in with hurt and despair and anger and they can't hear God because they're living in that pain and that anger and bitterness They can't hear God, but I'm speaking the word of God, expressing who God is. All of you are receiving that. Yes, amen, that's who God is, amen. That encourages me, but they're sitting there still angry, and they're thinking things like, well, he doesn't know what I've gone through. And then I talk about forgiveness. I'm not forgiving that person. So they're not receiving because they don't know who God is. Amen? Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly 
to them. He didn't respond evil for evil. He didn't respond a word. Now, I know you did that, and you guys are really jerks, but because I'm a Christian, I'm going re- to love you. No, that's not forgiveness. That's just spreading junk all over them and, and spitting on people. So let me show you a few things in this passage. So let's, let's just dig down a little bit deeper in what I've already said. Verse, 15, verse 17, this is the first time the word forgive is in the Bible. Right there, Genesis 50, verse 17. The word forgive in the Hebrew means to absolve or release fully. Absolve like it never happened and to release fully. Now, when I say that, you need to understand forgiveness mostly is not for the forgiven. It's for the forgiver. Now, most of the time, this word in the Bible is translated to bear or to lift up. Jesus Christ did that, exactly did that, He bore or lifted our sin or the burden of sin off of us and put it on himself. Put it on himself. That's why Joseph wept. Because what Joseph did, you know what? You guys did this. And what it did is it worked well for me what you guys did. Don't look at me and leave this place thinking, You know, evil needs to happen to me so God's will can take place. That's not what we're saying. That's not what Joseph said. What Joseph said, when you are walking in the will of the Father and you're living a life of compassion for the things of God, God, even though people meant things for evil, God will turn it around for good. That's what Romans 8 talks about. All right? That's kingdom principle. And so when there's people that are just downright, and I'm being practical and real, just downright jerks, um, they're really ruining themselves. Remember the Bible says don't touch God's anointed? I don't go around when people bring their bitterness in and they they say negativity towards me or whatever. I, I don't wish evil on them. I don't wish anything on them. But bottom line, what they're doing, when people are living in this evil lifestyle and do things wrong to people and get back at people and walk in bitterness, they're literally destroying themselves. And we have to understand that. Now, is it hard sometimes when people do what they do? Absolutely. You know why? Because we have a soul. We're human. And things hurt. But we have to recognize even in the middle of the hurt that God says, you just, you You do what I ask you to do. You live your life in this test. You do what I ask you to do. And if you do it and respond well, like Joseph did, I will turn it around for good. It might not take a day, two days, three days, a week, a month, a year, but I promise you it will turn around. Man, I've seen that throughout my life. I've seen that. The scripture says, uh, grievous words stir up anger but a soft word turns away wrath. What's a soft word? It is scriptural. It is 
godliness. It is, it is not receiving uh, offense when people do things. So we're, we're seeing this. Um, so the word, basically, forgive, means to take something off of someone else completely. Verse 17, let's read it again. Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke with him. The test was, are you going to forgive and pardon? Joseph had the power to behead them. That's what Pharaoh did. All right? I really like the word pardon, too. Because it means you are not holding it against them anymore. But they've done it ten times. The ninth time, you're not holding it against them anymore. But they did it again. The tenth time, you're not holding it against them because there is a greater purpose, a greater dream, a greater destiny for you, and you understand that purpose, is that there's a testing and also a tribulation of evil that comes from the enemy at times. And he uses people to get at you, to get you out of who you are in Christ. What I'm talking about, get you out of the forgiveness lifestyle of the kingdom of God. That's why it amazes me so many times, especially when I was a supervisor overseeing all those churches. It amazed me how many times I had to have meetings with councils because they're all mad. They don't like this. They don't like that. They don't like, you know. And the pastor, he's not perfect, but I used to have to sit with them and listen and then talk to them and then give them scripture. Literally have council members who've been in the church for 40 years get up and walk out and say, I'm not hearing that. Really? My question for you is this. Is that the way regarding how God forgave? Is that the way you are forgiving others? Are you forgiving? Are you releasing? Are you absolving? Are you pardoning them the same way completely, freely, the way God forgives you? Now I'm going to pause there. Because remember, uh, quite a few weeks ago, we talked about how Joseph completely understood what God was saying and who God was. And he began to really move into passing these tests. He left pride. And he left the pit tests, the trials and tribulations, without bitterness. And so in this, are we completely forgiving others. And what happened is Joseph understood God's forgiveness towards himself. Why we or I, years ago, struggled at times with some things is because I really didn't understand God's forgiveness towards me. I really didn't understand I was forgiven. 
I really didn't realize the, the real work and the pain and the suffering Jesus went through when he went to the cross for me. And because I began to understand that and realize that and have a revelation of that, then it was easy for me to forgive people. It was easy for me to release people. Why? Because I understood I'm forgiven. Amen? I'm forgiven. So in order for you to step into your destiny, you have to forgive. You will not fulfill your destiny without forgiveness of others. And it's, it can be hard. But again, remember, it's hard because all we think about is what was done. But when we begin to realize what Jesus did for us, who we are, and the purpose of why we do forgive is so we can go to the next step towards our destiny. It's a test, church. It is. No, it's not. It's my ex-wife. It's my ex-husband. It, no, it's not. It's my boss. I quit the job. No, it's not. It's my, my uncle who abused me. That right there, I'm going to say it, it's Sunday night. That's hell on earth. When a man abuses a young girl or a young boy. That's evil. That is strictly evil. And it's hard to even forgive that. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean that you go out and hang out with them, go to McDonald's and have a Diet Coke or something, have a burger. That's not what it's talking about. It's literally releasing. Why? Because when you release, you're released to your destiny. Here's the definition of unforgiveness. The definition of unforgiveness is this, and I got this from Pastor Wayne Cadero. What a great, great man, great teacher, great mentor of mine, friend. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping it will hurt the other person, but you are the one who will be hurt. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, thinking you're gonna, it's going to hurt the other person. No, it destroys you. Matthew 18, verse 21 through 35. I'll read this quickly. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. 
So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all of that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. We need to learn how to pardon people and forgive. So let me give you three words that will help all of us to live a kingdom life of forgiveness. These are three words that you always think about what forgiveness is. There is purpose for it. Okay, again, the main purpose of forgiveness is so you can go to the next step of, re of getting to your destiny. First, release. Forgiveness means to release someone completely of all charges and acquit them or acquitted. Even if they did them, you are believing them, you know, even if they did them, you are releasing them of the punishment. Joseph was sold as a slave by his brothers. Obviously, God blessed him as Joseph responded well to the situation. They actually were going to murder him unless the oldest stepped in. Remember that? A 17-year-old, how could you forgive this when it happened to him at 17? Joseph had a choice, rather to go on with God, either to go on with God or to be bitter the rest of his life, and he chose to forgive. That's why he got to the place. He got to the place. Okay, his brothers were angry because he was prideful. He walked in sin. Then the next learning process of forgiveness was he didn't walk in sin and he was falsely accused of rape by Potiphar's wife and put in prison. You see the, the, the growth of, of Joseph, where he had to get to? Why? Because there was going to be a time frame. God was going to use Joseph to feed the world and save the world from hunger. But he couldn't get to that place because by the time he got to that place, if he was bitter and angry, he wouldn't hear the wisdom of the Lord. He couldn't hear the dream, uh, what the interpretation of the dream that Pharaoh had from God because he would have been all stuck in his stuff. He would have been all frustrated, angry, bitter, and not releasing. But because he did, the clarity of hearing his destiny and the vision that God had for him was clear. Let's go on. <clears throat> Matter of fact, again, the brothers lied about their father saying to forgive because they walked in fear. Why do you walk in fear? It's because you have no faith. Why don't you have faith? It's because you don't know the word, you don't know God. Most people are run by fear and not faith. Genesis 50, verse 15, again, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. 
That's what happens to believers when they don't forgive. They fear their whole life if they're really going to get where they need to get. They fear the devil. They fear work. They fear all. They live in fear and turmoil and depression comes in. Why? It's because forgiveness is not a part of their life. They're going to be going to heaven. And sometimes they may go to heaven early because of the, the Bible says bitterness rottens the bones. It creates disease. It creates all that. So that's why the purpose of forgiveness is because we're created in God's image and likeness, but also God wants to protect us and take us to the dream and the destiny he's, he's given us. Joseph wept, we'll, we'll continue, Joseph wept because he knew the brothers were manipulative and never said, please forgive me. Because he knew their future. So the question, how do you forgive someone who doesn't say, I'm sorry, please forgive me? That's the question. How can you do that? Because it's awful. It's hard until you know the reason for forgiveness and you have that relationship and you're passing the test when people do evil. Can you forgive someone who doesn't repent? They continue to lie. They continue to manipulate. That's the test of forgiveness. That's that people are not repentant. And you will face that. Most of you are facing that test today. Because that's something the enemy uses to steal and kill and destroy what God's planned for you. It's not because God can't tell the, de the, evil, the devil, get out of here, get out of my face, get out of their faces. He can do that, but he's given you the power and authority to do that. And we smear it and muddy it up when we don't walk in forgiveness. So a lot of people after that, even when you forgive and you release, they're arrogant, they're prideful. Joseph said this, am I in the place of God? Joseph knew only God can judge. We are not the judge. I am not the judge of people. When people come in and in, in life, people, some are jerks, you know, out in the world, all kinds of stuff, they're jerks. They don't know God. They're walking in fear. I am not their judge. God is. You and I are commanded to forgive and to release. So when you forgive, you not only release the offender, but you release yourself from binding up your destiny. Also, by you releasing, you release God to act on your behalf, not causing God to be against you. Scripture says, if we don't forgive, God will be against. That was a few weeks ago we talked about that. <clears throat> Pastor, can you go on, make it happier? I will, watch. I'm going to show you. God will be the only one that will bring justice to the situation. No matter how hard you try, you can't bring justice to it. You cannot change anyone but yourself and never bring justice to a situation because you and I are not 
just in of ourselves. In of ourselves is filthy rags. But because we have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we are righteous. And because God is just, then that carries on with us. Because why? God forgave you and me. Okay, let's go on. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, if you forgive, God will bring justice to the situation. Not look and see what God does to that person. He'll bring justice to you. Maybe not the way you think that justice will come, but he'll bring justice to you, but you have to have a heart of forgiveness. Bringing you to your destiny, but the other person might stay in evil. The other person might stay being a jerk because he rejects God. But he's going to bring justice to you. That's why it bothers me when the whole world's talking about justice, social justice and all that. I get it. I get we need to treat people good. I get it. But nothing you can do that can bring justice to things other than to forgive and allow God to bring justice in the world. So church, you have nothing to prove but someone to please. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You have nothing to prove. Trying to vindicate yourself is a lonely, terrible way to live. So here's what I want to say to you. And again, this is our ninth teaching of all the character issues. All right? So I'm not just being flippant with you. <laughs> Do not vindicate yourself because it's lonely. Joseph let God vindicate him. Joseph will take you to places. If that job is awful and you knew that God had you go there, you forgive, you don't respond in a wrong way, and God will either remove you and place you in a better place or he'll remove that person. Or in the process of it, there will be other people that will see your character and come to you and you can lead them to Jesus Christ. Oops, you're getting a little hint of teaching number 10. Okay? Whatever goes on in my life, it's about leading people to Jesus Christ. And I'll show you how in September. Leviticus 19.18 says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. Romans 12, 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Oh, there you go. I'm just going to make them feel bad. No. No. You love them by feeding them. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Another scripture says, vengeance is mine, again, says the Lord. So why is it, God, 
Why is it? Because he's the only one that's just. I, just, I figured that out decades ago. God is the only one that's just. I can't fix people. I lead them to God. Again, forgiveness is you release the person, you also release yourself from bitterness, and you release God to work in this situation. That's what the word release is. You release the person, you release yourself, and then you release God to work in the situation because he's just. Now, we need to picture God is not thinking of your sin and going around talking to others about what you did. When God forgives, he doesn't go, hey, Danny, uh, you, know, you know what pastor did the other day? He didn't do that. That's between me and him. And also, let me just say it this way. Has there ever been a time you forgave someone that was right? <laughs> I, I'm confusing you. Have you ever forgiven someone that was right? They were right, okay? But you got angry and got hurt. So I, I want you to understand is, is this, is Jesus is Lord and Master, and he is commanding us to forgive and release him because God is right. Forgiveness is not a part, you know, unforgiveness is not a part of your walk with God. Second word, Receive. A lot of people cannot forgive because when forgiven, they don't receive it. Please understand, you can't give something away that you don't have. If you don't live in forgiveness, you can't give forgiveness. You know the difficulty of a lot of people is their pain on the inside People call it inner healing. I don't call it that because Jesus Christ heals me. But inner healing, they call it. The problem is, is the unforgiveness on the inside totally stops you from being able to forgive others because you don't feel forgiven from God. You haven't received the forgiveness from God. You don't know what that forgiveness is. That's why you hear Pastor Dan all the time, Pastor Ryan, myself, Pastor Nolan, everybody on staff always talking about the work of Christ, what he did, what he paid. Because if you really understand how you were forgiven and what it took for you to be forgiven, then you have an easy way to forgive others. But if you're still walking around with condemnation that you're not good enough, and, and you know, sometimes I've, I'll ask people, you know, I've been watching you're doing really great things uh, at the church. And just your personality is awesome. You just, I know you love God. You, you've been in uh, OSL, and so you know the word of God. I would like for you to do this. Oh, I, I'm, I can't do that. Well, why not? Well, you don't know my past. Or you don't know what I've done. Or you don't know the struggles I had in my past. Well, I just want to tell you, God knew it, but he forgave it. So you need to walk in forgiveness. Again, I'm not being flippant because this is a series that you can go back and listen to all of them and you will grow in this. And so if you can't 
receive forgiveness from God, how can you give it? That's why sometimes we have a hard time forgiving people. Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Oops, there it is. Do you realize you asked God if you prayed this? God, forgive me the way I forgive others. What would you, what would you think could happen? God, forgive me the way I forgive others. Oops. How about, Father, let me forgive the way you've forgiven me. Verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass of not forgiving. You'll go to heaven. You receive Christ. You're going to go to heaven. But a lot of people, Hebrews 11 tells us how so many people go to heaven early because they didn't live this Joseph lifestyle. <laughs> Getting quiet. Matter of fact, um, I don't like that scripture, do you? The one we just read? Uh, you know, sometimes I said, God, how come you put that in there? Because it's real. It doesn't say uh, God's going to just kick you all over if you don't do everything right. It's not what it's saying. It's talking about the heart of passing the test of pardoning people and forgiving. So here's my opinion. Everyone say opinion. Okay, my opinion. Most people who hold unforgiveness don't really believe they are totally forgiven by God. They're living in condemnation. So they condemn others. If you don't receive God's forgiveness fully and freely, you won't give it fully and freely. That's the point that I'm bringing tonight. What I have learned in life is to totally forgive and free people up, pardon them. And because of that, my whole life is free to attain the destiny. No matter what the enemy tries to do, any physical attacks, anything, you know, the enemy will bring cancer. He'll do all kinds of stuff to try to destroy you. Because he knows if he doesn't do something, you're going to do great things for the kingdom. But let me tell you, it's not going to destroy you. Notice, steal, kill, destroy. A lot of people will quote the scripture. Well, you know, uh, the enemy comes to, to destroy, steal, and kill. It's really steal, kill, and destroy. It's a process. If you, if you fail the test, you get to do a do-over. If you fail it again, you open the door for the enemy to come in and bring it. Uh, before he stole, because you got bitter, you got angry, you, you walk into unforgiveness. But now he's killing things. People lose their jobs because they respond wrong. People have problems. They, they jump into alcohol. They jump, jump into drugs. I know because it hurts. And they're trying to find some type of solace. Steal, kill, destroy. <clears throat> so if you don't receive God's forgiveness fully, you can't fully give it. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. 
So we need to receive forgiveness in our life. Let me ask you this, and I don't want anybody to raise their hand or, or give an answer, but do you really believe you're forgiven? I really hope so. And if you don't, if you struggle in that area, just sit with the Lord. Let him show you how much he's forgiven, how much he's released you. Let him remind you of the dreams you've had that you dreamed before. Man, I, you know what? If I said, man, I've blown it many times in my life, I could hold my fingers up, hold my toes up, hold my legs up, my arms, jump up and down a thousand times. And to show you, you know what? This is a process. Not something that you learn it. Right now, some of you are probably thinking, man, man, that's where I'm struggling. And get a breakthrough on that. Maybe that six and seven on Sunday morning, get a breakthrough. Hmm. God will never get you back because Jesus paid the price. He'll never get you back. So there are a lot of Christians who want God to hit them or even feel better when a trial happens. I know Christians like that. Well, you know, I'm just trying to do God's will, and the enemy just every time I turn around, he's right there in front of me kicking me around. No, you're trying to feel better because you don't feel forgiven. You feel like Jesus did half the work. And the other half, the enemy has power and authority over you. He has zero power and authority. All right? You are forgiven, so receive it, family. Receive it. I know life hurts because of sin in this world. God will never hit you because he already hit Jesus. I want you to remember that. Anytime you start feeling condemned, I'm not talking about conviction. Conviction means you need to, as a believer, confess your sin to the Lord. I'm talking about that, have you ever realized that God hit Jesus for your and my sins, for your and my forgiveness? Jesus bore our sins completely, so receive it. So until you receive, you probably can't give total forgiveness, and you're struggling reaching your destiny. Again, so if you have a problem receiving forgiveness, you probably have a problem believing in forgiveness for yourself. Here's the third. Believing. Everyone take a deep breath. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. Let that sink in. Forgiveness is about believing, too. It's about faith. It's knowing what God did for you. And by giving pardon and giving forgiveness, you are also believing God is going to take care of every situation and even you, even if you're falsely accused and lose a job or whatever. Isaiah 53, verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. 
you cannot tolerate wrong. So God can't even look at evil. That's how pure his eyes are. Now, why am I reading that? Job 36, verse 7. He does not take his eyes off the righteous. Hello, righteous. Hello. 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God is so pure he can't look on sin, but his eyes are on you every single day. Believe because of Jesus Christ. Sure wish I was righteous. Sure wish I was perfect. We'll read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteous of God in him. So God had to do something with our sin just to be able to look at us. So here's what he did. He laid all of our sin on the Lord Jesus Christ and removed our transgression so far from us like the east is from the west. God not only can look at me, he can talk with me and walk with me 24-7 because of Jesus Christ. No matter what you did in the past, God can look at you because of Jesus Christ. I have a relationship not because I did something good or earned it, but because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took my sin. You and I are absolutely perfect in God's eyes. So when you hear in the still, small, evil voice, not of God, that you're worthless, this will never work, you'll never get to your destiny, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Because when condemnation and worry begins to manifest in your thinking and your heart, that is not God. God made me righteous, not because I did enough, or something good. It's the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. Bottom line. Bottom line. So, here's the point. The final point. Is this, the, this is the ninth and one of the most mature tests you'll ever face in your life. Forgiveness and pardon. To get to the finality of your dream, turning it into destiny, you must understand and believe you are pardoned and forgiven. And from there, then you are released to forgive and pardon others. And then God is released to bring justice. The only justice I believe in is God's justice. I'm not into social justice. I'm not into man's justice. I'm not into school justice. I'm not into church justice. I'm into God justice. And with God justice, all men are created equal. So you don't look at color. Amen. 
In God's justice, God created men and women, male and female. That's justice. And as you go on with all the stuff you hear on TV, everything, what you do, I know I'm probably, if someone's listening, you know, online and, and listen to it, I'll probably get some letters. I don't care. I'm teaching you what the Word of God says. Amen. And, and if you are looking at me and saying, oh, pastor, you must be a Republican. I, just <laughs> Stop. I'm God's man. You're God's man. You're God's woman. Stop. I just, and, and I'm not saying this to you personally. I'm just saying to the world, stop. Man, when we walk in this and we really believe this, the only way to forgive completely, here it is, is you release, you receive, and you believe in forgiveness. Let me say it again. Release others, receive for yourself, and believe what God will do when you do it. And when you do that, you will step into every aspect of the purpose of your life that we will talk about in September. Shall we stand?